I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to The Worst Idea of All Time, episode number 31.5. 30.5, if we're going to do that. It's 31. Point five. Trust me on this. Look, it's let's 31. not get bogged down in the numbers. All right, it's never been a numbers game. No, what it's hasn't. always been about for me is is free love. I was born in the forties. All right, I grew up. I, I sort of had my sexual realization in the swing in sixties. I'm talking about San Francisco. I'm talking about hallucinogens. Yeah. I'm talking about chronic jet lag. Yeah, we're coming to you from Melbourne, Australia, and guy has flipped his lid. I just gone crazy. I just want eating Hungry Jacks, which is very irregular for him. Two helpings, I might add. Yeah, what I did is I got a, a an egg McMuffin and a hash brown. I put the the hash brown in the muffin. I just want to burrow down into our podcasting hole, away had, from all of the natural light and other human beings. You had a, you had one of those, and you thought it was so good. You had a second one, and you just you went a little overboard, didn't you, fella? Yeah, I had uh, what is described uh, by some as too much. Of a good thing. Anyway, we're not going to hold you long. That's neither hither nor thither. Uh, what we're here to tell you is this is the second part of our special two-part oh, episode. Would this woman please just cool down on the announcements? Featuring Paul F. Tompkins. Wouldn't they just assume we're all across it? And if you're not on top of things, you deserve to miss the flight. Oh, uh, I don't know. So stop you, spoon-feeding this flight information. Have you ever been called? Yes. I have also missed flights. eh? Not a good feeling at all. Um, This episode is brought to you by Big Pipe, the greatest ISP in New Zealand. That's not one of their taglines. That's That's just my opinion. You might remember them from the last part of this episode where 90% of you went out and changed your internet provider on a whim, which I congratulate you for. Also, I mean, obviously in this case, you were right to do so, but you might not want to just follow our word like that and you know I mean we well, could be this is a specialty area because let's not screw around guy you know me I'm a geek I'm a big fat nerd and I know about these sorts of things Big Pipe have the best deals in New Zealand for fibre they're very fast they're very reliable and no, all their and support and, and, and is through online so also, you don't have to wait for call centre all of their employees you could walk in there and demand any of their employees to throttle you by the neck or strangle you they won't do it they will, they will not lay a finger on you they can't you could literally try and concoct a situation in which you're sort of uh, teasing their staff in, in a way which would lend itself to you being strangled, not even because you've requested it, but because you've sort of you've coaxed them into this circumstance. 
even then, the unique selling point that guy is delightfully <laughs> dancing around with whimsy and humour is the fact that Big Pipe offer no throttling on their Ugh. speeds. Use as much internet as you please. Who ordered, the, who ordered the helping of nerd information? No contracts, great online support, and they've got uh, well, one of their plans, for example, which is called the Fast Plan. It's only $79 a month. You don't have to sign up for any amount of time. The good news is that for the rest of this episode, I'm not joined by Professor Fink or Frank or whatever nerd version of Timbat just what climbed out of his mouth on? like The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sort of like that. Anyway, look, it's, it's, it's cool us guy. two and Paul Use F. The Tompkins. Code. Oh, hey, shut up for a second, guy. There's more of this yeah. to go. Use the code WORSTIDEA at bigpipe.co.nz when you sign up and you get your first month free. And, and then they'll see that you're using it on account of hearing about it. Oh, yeah, it's good for us if you do that. It's a real it's good, a good look thing. for us. Yeah, a real good look. Because I've got to tell you, <laughs> these sponsors are really going out in a loop. <laughs> That's right. They the the concept even. of two New Zealand comedians talking about a movie that they keep watching weekly. Anyway, not even the a episode. Limb. It's like a very thin, it's like a twig coming off of a tree. It's the worst idea of all time. It's the worst idea of all time. It's the worst idea of all time. Makes me want to Where's he going? Why what is, is he that looking like on that? His hand. That is the question. A wristwatch every week. Uh, there is a man in this film. His name is Coffee Guy. We love Coffee Guy. Coffee what Guy a, yeah. comprises a, about a one hundredth of a percent of the film. <laughs> and before we discover what exactly it is he is doing or where he might be going, how? Because we obviously, you know, talk. At length, yes. uh, about his him and his exploits. Yes. How did you find his performance? How do you find the edit he gets given? It is truly insane. It's <laughs> truly insane because I had not seen it, and to, and thank you for pointing out. Here he comes, and then when I saw it, it's even better than I imagined in my head. It's truly insane, and it's like what's so funny to me is he seems as if he's like the actor. It seems as if he's trying to be professional about it and say, like, okay, I, want, I have to remember to uh, drink this at this time <laughs> for continuity. It almost seems like he's trying to do the right thing and completely does the wrong thing. He's blown it. God love him. He's, he's blown it. God love him. But, I mean, full credit to him, uh, the actor saw the potential in this bit part. That's right. Uh, which, you know, we yeah. have taken the liberty it, of fleshing it, out. He, you know he's a, featured, he's a featured Sex in the City movie player. He was That's also right. in the first film. So, yeah, he's an extra right. in the first Who was he in the first uh, I think he's like the same kind of guy. Guy <laughs> at wedding? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, had a, he has a credit, something like that. But you, you know the story, the famous uh, story of the streetcar named Desire? There was a no. fellow, uh, it, it, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is advice to actors, uh, that you should never, it's, it's along the lines of no small parts, just small actors. It's like you should treat every job, uh, every role that you get uh, with the same, uh, level of uh, of uh, professionalism. Uh, an actor is asked. He plays one of the uh, the guys at the very end of Streetcar Named Desire, who takes Blanche Dubois away into the loony bin, right? And um, uh, so someone asks him. Uh, you know, he says, "I'm in this new play." And someone says, "What's the play about?" He says, 
well, it's about an ambulance driver who uh, <laughs> he takes a woman away to the uh, to the nut house. <laughs> so I think this guy he he clearly yeah. built a story around this character that he's playing, which we have tried to hone in on what he honed in on. Yeah, and I think you there. guys, I think we're coming very close to cracking it. Did you? I mean, do you want to throw an interpretation of what you saw on the screen out this week? Okay. Are you familiar at all with the supernatural? Yeah. Okay. I'm aware of it. Ghosts Do you know a movie called Thinner? No. No. Thinner is about a big fat guy who's very rude, and he insults a gypsy at one point who puts a curse on him to become thinner. He says, thinner. And then the guy gets thinner and thinner. At first, he's happy about it. But then he realizes, uh-oh, I keep getting thinner. This is turning into a problem. I've seen the movie and don't recall how it ends. <laughs> I think at the end he's just a skeleton. I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> I think probably what happened with this guy was uh, he offended some sort of witch, shaman, gypsy, um, said the wrong thing at the wrong time. And this uh, magical being said to him, caffeinated. <laughs> and so he keeps drinking caffeine, but he's very sleepy. It doesn't have um, any effect on him. But he keeps craving it, and he needs more and more caffeine. And so he's drinking it faster and faster, even though it is, of course, scalding the shit out of his mouth and throat. They just gave it to him. Yeah. Hot, fresh coffee. Hot, fresh piping coffee. And he orders them. Like, you don't, you never see a waiter bring him the coffee. So clearly, he has ordered three coffees <laughs> at once. And he's got them lined up in a row. And he's doing them like Deadwood shots, right? Yeah. He's just going to go down, drink those coffees. And then he's going to probably, as soon as he walks out of the coffee shop, fall asleep in the street. Wow. Because he's so tired. His, cur his curse was, it sounds a lot like chronic fatigue syndrome. It's Epstein-Barr. It turns out it was just a coincidence. Right. That this, this was not a magic person at all. It was just someone wearing a scarf on their head. It was a dress-up day at the hospital. That's right. And the doctor gave the diagnosis in character as a shaman. That's right. I don't think mine made any sense. But <laughs> no, it absolutely well, I mean, did. It absolutely did but... water and coffee. So he was in such a great rush to get the coffee down so he would not have to suffer the indignity and embarrassment of falling asleep. That's right. He's got so <laughs> much caffeine in him and it doesn't make any difference. I'll be damned if I'm going to fall asleep in this hair cafe. That's right. He keeps trying, keeps trying. Well, I, um, we've been talking for a little while. That's true. I don't want to outstay our welcome here. Um <laughs> But I'm keen to get both of your guys' thoughts on just exactly where we're stacked up on the Dickbot versus Brady the Rat King uh, matchup. That is impending. Where are we sitting right now? Who's our money on? How do we think this goes down? Um, well, you 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 are up to speed. Yeah, you... I, I can't remember who. So sorry, Dickbot. Dick Dick yeah, that's a very niche that question to throw it out into the air. <laughs> Dickbot is. Uh, the Danish architect expert oh, yes. is actually a uh, presumably Japanese-made artificial intelligence okay. uh, born in a lab, escaped, who mm. is hiding out in the desert to gain as much information as he can about humans while escaping the ire of the NSA, who are trying to destroy him, and also collecting enough solar energy to 
Sparrow's out. How many episodes did I miss? Because I thought I was all caught up. Has he been talked I, about a lot? Uh, <laughs> oh, a couple no, of times, I think. No, I think, I think wow. not hugely. Have you, have you heard us on the, did you hear us talking about stuff on the plane? It's a recent, Dick oh, yeah, I heard the plane one. Oh, well, you, 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 you've only missed yesterday's one. Oh. Which hasn't been released yet. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think even, is that dick bite heavy? Um, pretty much what we have here is, <laughs> obviously, it's fair re- enough. I don't recall the challenge between the two. So, Dick, well, actually, that might have happened uh, off mic. The theory, the, <laughs> I, I feel My better apologies. about that now. I feel better but about pr- that now. Pretty much what what we have discovered or read into it is that we have Dickbot here mm-hmm. uh, who has made it to America. Yes. And he's now got a level of artificial intelligence which is going to enable him to sort of essentially try and take America. Right. Uh, and Bray, and so he's he's programmed to destroy all, all humans. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Americans, Americans, first. yeah, but uh, and Brady's obviously been harnessing the power of the rats and the, yeah. the sewers of New York, uh, and right. the defenses of Dickbot against humans is uh, is very strong because he's been training. You know, he, he understands how they work and weaknesses and whatnot. Right. Uh, but he has poured no time or effort into learning how to defend himself against vermin or rats. Right. And so, Sex in the City three, in essence, is a battle royale mm-hmm. for control of the earth between Brady and his hordes of rats. Right. Uh, and 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 Dick Bot. Hmm. I feel as if Dick Bot is a very formidable adversary. Obviously, like at the end of the movie, um, when he's fucking Samantha on the hood of the car. Since we don't see the point of penetration, he might be fucking the car. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's possible. We don't we don't see it. And, she, well, she's, look, and your, she's just into it. You your know wife I mean? did walk into the lounge at the time when that was on screen. She said, no one fucks like that. <laughs> she's got a point. Maybe that's how you fuck a car. That scene early on when they're uh, after the, the gay wedding, when they are. Yeah. Samantha's with that guy and they're taking turns yelling. Yes. That would turn me off so hard. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> maybe was, the unsexiest thing. Nothing's I've ever happening seen. that night. It's, <laughs> It is like it's quite it's quite it's like a fratty sorority kind of way like yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) we're getting some (laughs) so so you acknowledge the fact that they're pretty evenly met absolutely but man oh man there's so many rats there's so (laughs) many rats especially in America and if he's going to New York City Brady's home turf yeah forget it yeah okay forget it. There's like ten rats to a person in New York City. Guy, you same camp? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I I'm a big Brady fan. I'm a big, Who isn't? I'm a big rat guy. Yeah, I'm a big yeah. rat guy. You know that? Come on, yeah. come on. We've talked ad nauseum about my affinity for rats, Paul. Don't you? Now I get your T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's made of rat fur. So that's right. It's <laughs> it's a picture of a rat and then your face, rat guy. I get yeah. it now. It's very warm, which is why I'm sweating all over your couch. Uh, also, the, the, the T-shirt's losing a lot of juice, a lot of fluid. So, uh, it's a very juicy T-shirt. Yeah, I, we'll get this thing dry clean. Uh, sure. <laughs> don't worry about it. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to think, because in essence, also another speculation we made is that Dick Bott is trying to, is trying to take out all of the electricity in America, which is obviously all traces back to the Pentagon. That's where you make it. all of your power. Yeah, we understand. It all comes from the Pentagon. That's why it's shaped that way. That's right. Yeah. And so the rats can just any to any ploy that Dick Bott has, you know, by harboring or using all of this electricity, is, can easily be undone by the little the little 
gnashes, mm-hmm. little gnawing chompers on the rats. You're ignoring the solar power part, which is the whole reason he's in the Middle East to begin with. No, Jackpot's developed a way to power yeah, himself, it, much like Superman he's, with he's, our he's yellow power, sun. But he's got, he can't control all of America without controlling their power mains. And but whenever he, he tries control, to... I don't... See, I'm, okay, do you know what? I mean, to me, the solar power thing seems like he's not dependent on other people's power. He's he self-sufficient. Just, well, yeah, so he can he can get the job done of destroying the grid while powering himself, right. disempowering others. What a metaphor. So if he takes the, yeah, uh, everyone else's power away, he is the only one with power. Having said because that. Because he's stored up all the solar energy. Well, that's true. But also, uh, to play devil's advocate to myself inextricably, <laughs> the rats have no use for power either. So they don't need it to win the war anyway. That's true. So I've kind of painted myself into a corner, and I feel like I'm going to have to join Team Brady. Do you think rats enjoy the fact that there's electricity, though? Like it I makes it makes it easier for them sometimes if there's if there's street lights on, definitely. it makes it easier for them to find stuff to eat. We cook food for them. We leave it in the gutter for them. One day they will rise up and realize that our dependency on power is our single largest vulnerability, and they'll find a way to chew through those power cords. You know they're talking down there in the sewers. But I mean, it benefits them just as much as it benefits us. Probably even more so because they are dependent upon foraging for food, and it makes it easier if there's lights on in an alley for them to find a dumpster. And also, and- if they've sort of you know posited up at a, a nice house in secret, obviously mm-hmm. not a lot of rats are living confidently That's right. with their little rat lounges within a human lounge. Mm-hmm. You got lights. You've got a lot of triggers, a lot of warnings. Every time that you're aware that the the actual owners of the house might be coming home, you can scurry out of there. Yeah. Yeah, Close the party down. Cops are here. I guess I just... Get back to your homes. I'm just imagining a little rat scurrying across the lounge, picking up its own feces to try and hide the evidence that it's been hanging out. I guess I just wonder, do they appreciate it? You know what I mean? I, like, are they saying, this is great that this is we have this? I suspect they are appreciative of it in the moment, and they will endure it until power turns against them. So our, mm. our use of electricity, we start turning our attention in a very serious way to wiping out the rats, and that's when they will take us out. I think it's too late to do that. We should have been doing that a long time ago. Well, us wiping out the rats or vice versa? Well, be, yeah, being ready to wipe out the rats because I think, I think it's too late. They got really close with the plague. They made a big play, and they, they did well. It's true. But Although I, I heard recently that the rats were maybe not to blame for that. What were fleas? Fleas, there's fleas, but then there's also oh some other animal that might have been there. Big, a big animal or a little like a I'd say human beings a, had a hand. I in think it. a little animal. What? Like a furry animal, like a dog or like a mosquito. Maybe a mosquito. I might have been an insect. Might have been an insect. But the rat, the rats are the one that the, they they take the rap for the plague. But it might not have been their fault. Well, I'm sorry to the rats then. Well, now I feel bad. It's very big of you to do. Before Brady was awarded the kingdom, he had to apologize on behalf of humanity for that blame laying. That's how he got them. Fact. I love that. He had to read out a, a script that they'd written in which he renounced the rat- all responsibility for the bubonic plague. Down the barrel. Fact. Straight to down the, the barrel. Uh, would you gentlemen like to add anything? Is to this anything? conversation? Yeah, You're touching my knee upon. a lot now. <laughs> I like I'd you. like to add a couple things. Yeah. Um, the the guy who plays the Miranda's asshole boss, yeah, was a comedian Tom. Ron White. Ron White, that's who he is. Okay. One of the one of the uh, blue collar comedy kings or whatever. I love Truly. him. I did not see that coming at all. I that love was his weird. performance in the film. He was terrific. <laughs> all this time you've been talking about him, I I have never been able to picture him, and I was astonished to find out 
that it was blue collar comedy star Ron White of all people. We had a lot of people do this to us through grown ups too as well. We were talking about people. We're in New Zealand. We, right. you know, only just got the internet. And people were like, oh, it's this guy. Oh, it's this dude. Oh, it's this ESPN announcer who's doing a cameo. And we were like, I thought he was just the gym teacher. Right. You know? But right. there's just all these cameos. So I, I'm looking forward to the furthering of that journey of finding out who's in this movie. Another thing, uh, when um, Big and Carrie are having dinner at home, the beautiful an- anniversary dinner that he's made her. Sausage rolls. <laughs> Sausage rolls. And a goon sack of wine. And he says, oh, you... <laughs> He says, oh, you have some asabuco on your face. <laughs> and then he licks it off. Like, doesn't lick it off of her. He eats it off of her. I would <laughs> never do that to my wife, whom I love more than anyone on earth. <laughs> if she had big, food on her face, I, you know, there's no way I would you, just go, you know, oh. He doesn't, there's no evidence of tongue. He just goes, he's. Just gets it. I, I'm totally okay with he it. He eats it off of her. This was a it's big gross. fork in the road between Guy and I because about oh. 10 episodes ago, I was like, that is disgusting. I was like, I would do that. It's here's cute. why. Here's why it's disgusting. Because he tries to make it sexy. Yeah. It's not cute. He tries to make it I wouldn't, sexy. I wouldn't, and it's yeah, gross. Yeah. That's, that is a fair um, point. Because, yeah, if it's goofy, if you do that goofy. Yeah. That's kind of, laughing. There's, there's a way to play it off. You're throwing food at each other like married couples yeah. do. I would never, that kind of thing. <laughs> and he, I don't know why he's calling a sausage roll also buco. <laughs> that's, that's what's crazy to me. <laughs> One final thing. These two rich people in their rich fucking apartment in New York City, this gigantic apartment that they have, they're sleeping in a double bed. <laughs> that's insane. It's insane. A double bed. They're like crammed in there. Like it's Charles Dickens times. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you, Funnily enough, you also pointed out that when Carrie and Miranda go to Abu Dhabi, <laughs> yeah. they're sharing a room. There's yeah. like two beds in one bedroom in this lavish, like beyond yeah. compare. They're, lavish they're picked up at the airport suite. in four separate cars. And then they're, they're shown to this this uh, mansion within a hotel like here's this gigantic property that is all yours over there is the shared boudoir and yeah. then they're like rubies why would you be <laughs> why would that be happening and why would you be excited about there's it? a private bar in there knock that thing out chuck a bed in there they wouldn't have to share and there was no payoff to it right oh no there was no payoff to it no there was no re- <laughs> there was nothing that justified them there was no gag that came out of it, yeah. right? But right, because the- one of them's always asleep when the other one's awake, and the only time Carrie wakes Miranda up is when she rushes in from out of the room, so she could have had her yeah. own. You're totally you can, right. But there's some dynamite-deleted scenes of just <laughs> gas-bagging at midnight, just <laughs> shooting the breeze. What boys do you like? <laughs> yeah. that Boy, that's of- probably true. That's <laughs> probably true. We were saying just before we started rolling that it'll be, Tim and I haven't looked up the deleted scenes in Sex and City 2, uh, but we quickly arrived at the idea that there probably aren't any deleted they didn't trim any of the fat off this thing. Oh, I bet they did. I bet they did. I bet there's even more shit out there. One thing I did suspect, just ever so briefly, is I I don't know how it got cut as well. It must have been atrocious. But Carrie has to have given a best man speech. There's no power oh, to her absolutely. being the best man. Absolutely. She's just standing there. They make her the best man. They talk about her being the best man multiple times. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, she's an author. So she's obviously very, like, uh, articulate. Mm-hmm. And yet. I think on the wedding no wedding bill, it says she was going to do a reading. Uh, and I think what it was is she was going to do. About she that. was going to do. The it. camera does pan down. We do see the because big is like this gay wedding. How long yeah. is it going to last? 
and, and we, we get, get to see run, yeah. a sort of a visual cue for how long it's going to yeah. last while Carrie also narrates <laughs> exactly what's happened a little time later. They're spoon feeding it to their idiot audience, which is us <laughs> and only us at this point. Also, that that really quickly. No, uh, don't. No, don't. Paul, don't you dare. Well, I'm curtailing what I'm saying because I'm in your home. You get to dictate the length of this. I could go all night, I wanna, and I would be happy to. I don't want this to be a bummer for the listeners because you, you usually this is a nice, compact, tight podcast. We'll split it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Uh, Two-parter. <laughs> Two-parter. Why not? Thus concludes. But no, this is definitely. We're already in part two. Well, be, to get the whole line of how's my tie and the big reveal of, uh, you know, Carrie and the tux yeah. and everything. Just, sorry, just briefly explain what that line is. Big is looking in the mirror. He's getting dressed for the gay wedding. It's a gay wedding. So this gay wedding they're going to, he's getting dressed for it. And so he's in his formal wear and he's, he's, he's adjusting his tie in the mirror. And he says, how's my tie? And then we swish pan over to Carrie in a tuxedo saying, how's my tie? I don't think if you're a sighted person and you're looking at your tie in the mirror, you need to ask someone, <laughs> oh my God, how is my right. tie? He's looking at it. What you more what, what more feedback okay. does he need? He's colorblind for a start, so he's just making sure. It's black that and white, though. Like he, This is his default he's, power. He's, he's had to double check every day of his life before walking out of the house. That's a bloody good point, because that's a very legitimate line. If there isn't a reflective surface around, you go, yeah. like, how, you know, how's my tie? Do I look okay? Yeah. He is, he is delivering the line into a fucking mirror. <laughs> he's looking at it as he says it. Nice um, get, Paul. I'd, I missed that one. I was also. I'd also just like to announce, uh, while we're very loosely still on the thread, that the what why the reading or the spe- best man speech got cut from the wedding, is because it was a reading from uh, Carrie's forthcoming book. I do, do I? Uh, and you saw how hot that crowd was at the wedding, and this thing bombed hard. It was brutal. Do you think the reviewer from the New Yorker was at the wedding? Yeah, and that's so why the possible. book got panned. Yeah. 
She's like the in she I bet you the reviewer didn't even touch the book when it came out. I was like, oh there's no way that thing came out. Okay. <laughs> she couldn't be more of a fucking baby about that review too. <laughs> the review wasn't that bad. She because we paused it and read it because they do flash the page she's up on called, screen. She's briefly. called like she's called a, the Woody Allen of Yeah. She's yeah. compared to one of the greatest filmmakers of, you know, American times. Yeah. Or cinema times or all time if you think about it and they also even by her own admission in the review the section she reads she is described as the talented carrie yes. bradshaw yeah, yeah. and it has some uh you know firm but fair critique about yeah. her book and what does she do fucking whips out they put that tape over her mouth though the new yorker put that tape over her mouth it's fucking satire man look it up that's what a caricature is built on carrie get that she's skin still, thickened she's still that didn't pay off either because with all the preaching they do about like it's like they don't want the women to have a voice. I think I get the point of the burqa. Yeah. I, it, this I feel like there's a direct parallel between it covering their mouths and the men not wanting them to talk. But then that's not paid off in any way when she's complaining about they want to take my voice away. There's no there's no sense of checking privilege of like oh I thought I was being silenced because someone drew a cartoon yeah. it's at me. It's so true. Even, <laughs> but these people really do live in a place. We're shown the whole way through that Carrie has no, there's no empathy for, like, no, you know, like when she speaks to, um, not Baidun, who's her, who's the butler that? Garon. Garon. Uh, yeah, and he explains his uh, marriage arrangement and then the next morning she's like, huh, see, it's like, and just makes it about her Immediately, yeah. once again. He tells yeah, yeah, yeah. a heart-wrenching story about how he has to save up money and can only see his wife. Every three Indian. months. She still lives in India. He can only They can only see each other once every three months. And Carrie takes that um, anecdote and doesn't say, you know what, I don't have it so bad. Instead, she says, my life is the same as your life. Yeah. She takes, she takes what he says completely at face value. Yeah. Like, she doesn't parse it in any way of like, oh, for him in this situation, this is the best that it can be, as opposed to... Oh, but that's still terrible. Like, she makes it a romantic thing. Like, hey, they're away for three months at a time, but it's always... She just completely parrots what he says. Yeah, yeah. Twice in the movie. <laughs> this, is our, this is our hero. This yeah. is like the person that we're supposed that's, to admire. And twice in the movie, she's like, I'm just going to repeat what this man says. That's, that's, and Garo's role <laughs> is as the advisor. He's there. He's Rafiki. That, he's here to give some right. wisdom. Yeah. That repetition, uh, once again, sorry, sorry to insert, I know quite a lot of you about the script writing process. Uh, that was, again... <laughs> When Michael, after the first draft, after he'd submitted his pictures, right. uh, he submitted what he had was the bones of a script, and then a lot of it was just repeated lines where he'd written in the margins to himself, insert another line of dialogue here. Do you think it was like a cut and paste job? Yeah, yeah. and a lot, and a lot of the, a lot of that stuff still <laughs> snuck through. Find and replace. Yeah, <laughs> stuck through every step of the way. I also liked the uh, the the thing that I thought was so absurd was the the central conflict for Carrie is this choice between it's either you do everything together all the time <laughs> or you have these enforced periods of solitude that last a full 48 hours. And it's like, what, what a weird false choice. Yeah. <laughs> That's how about just balance things out? Yeah. How like, about get people a find a way hobby. to do it? Yeah. But and this yeah, she walks into the apartment and Big has got his feet up on the couch and it pans to her looking at the couch. He's got his feet. He's minding his own business, reading the paper in his own goddamn house. And she's got nothing to do. She mm. grabs a pillow. She throws the pillow across the room. She sighs. She says, ah, oh, great couch, huh? He says, yeah, we wait a year and a half for this couch. Yeah. You know, giving her a little something and then returns to his paper and then she goes hey your shoes are on that couch 
fuck off. At that point, I'd be like, get a goddamn hobby. I actually didn't mind the shoes on the couch thing because it's like, yeah, don't, don't. You, that should You've go for anybody. You were, you, you, you were ragging on the couch at the end. Of, you, I mean, it's a the couch was terrible. <laughs> the couch but still, tough. don't put your shoes on the couch. <laughs> but the thing that was so crazy to me was that he doesn't want to go to that premiere and she makes him do it. He doesn't. I would never do that to my wife. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, it's a gross thing to do. That's not a thing that adults spouse. do. No. Yes, exactly. It's so weird. Like, yeah. No, you know what? We're not going to do separate things. You're going to go to this thing you don't want to go to with me. Especially because she has been doing sweet fuck all all day. She's yeah. finished this book, so she's on holiday at this point. She plies him with alcohol and says, hey, you're being a pussy. Put a shirt on. Yeah. We're off. It's better work, man. Why don't you just make and a date? And he's colorblind. His job is very difficult <laughs> when you don't know which direction the market is. Oh, he's also got vertigo, so the guy's literally <laughs> sure. guessing the whole time. I feel bad for him. He's he's all day. He's just staring at those four screens in his office. He doesn't know what the fuck <laughs> they're trying, trying to. Can't read them. Trying to cook up some sort of money making scheme. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, look. Also, his office looks shitty. <laughs> like, he's supposed to be this big shot dude. And even when they do the dramatic shot of him being sad in the window, even when they pull out, it's like, that office looks like a closet. Do you it's reckon? Not, yeah. I liked his office. Oh, I thought it looked kind of small. It's it like was, a half of a boardroom. It was weird. Maybe they didn't have enough money for I, sets. I, and that's well, why there had to be a shared no, bedroom in the palace. And they, all were, that. they were reflecting that uh, Big's. On, in hard financial times. <laughs> he used to have a bigger office. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now he has With taken, keyboards. He, he had taken an office roommate. <laughs> yeah. Now, there's another guy that we don't see on the other side. Just, just off camera. Hey, would you keep your personal phone calls down? I'm trying to do stocks business. I'm at work, Kerry. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> but it's not a bad office. It's a it's a poor good office. It's poor at being a good um, office. Well, as long as we're talking about big and his and his fish in oh the fishbowl and the God, think tank, yeah. if you will, uh, we might as well dip into Mr. Big's big book of ideas. Yeah. So upon yeah, yeah, yeah. if it's your first time joining the worst idea of all time, what a strange place to uh, jump on the train. <laughs> <laughs> but welcome, Guy and I have watched Sex in the City two thirty one times now. Uh, Paul F. Tompkins joins us in this episode. This is your second viewing. This is my second. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Big is in this film and he works in an office and he's very sad and colorblind and suffering from vertigo. And in his office is not a computer at his desk, but there is a big leather-bound book which he scribes Full all of his schemes. genius ideas in. That's right. Who would like to grab the reins? Uh, well, I just like, this is, not, this is not the probably the big idea, but I did find out, I, did, I think I'm onto something here. Mm. Uh, and that is, every year he uses the book to to draw up his anniversary present for Carrie. Oh no! Um, and what he's what, so Carrie says uh, after they've finished their sausage rolls, she says, uh, she gives him the Rolex and he's, he's right. happy or whatever. And then uh, he says, "Your gift is in the bedroom," and she says, "It better be something I've not seen before." And uh, from the he's, and he's figured it out exactly what to get her. This is presumably the year after or whatever. But he goes into the room and he opens up where that where eventually the flip screen panel television is. And this is also on the back of that uncomfortable conversation about uh, parenting that they had at the wedding with those, that Mormon couple. Uh, the, the one good moment in the film. <laughs> yeah, that was the one decent moment in the film. <laughs> well, there was conflict. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Not greatly. So, so also the movie was saying something. Sure. So she says, oh, "Well, it better be something I've not seen before." And they go into the room and he opens up the cupboard and he's just gone out into the street and picked up a bait a newborn baby mm. that's now in the room he goes we got a i got us a bait we got a baby right i got us a baby <laughs> which you haven't <laughs> seen before yeah yeah 
It's in a baby, but not this yeah. particular baby. And Which I, is... I, and I, I hit it in the desk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so it wasn't the aircon that was making that noise. It was a crying baby, a crying baby right. that wow. we've got in our desk. Uh, and th- I think this is one of his ideas, one anniversary, is he, he went out there and took a baby and put it... I don't know, it, just, it, t- it tickled me pink. Absolutely. Um, well, as we all know, if there's one thing that will fix a failing marriage, it's inserting a yeah. child into it. Every works every time. Every well, time. Get a third, every you time. know what this marriage needs? Another person involved. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Who's relying on us to be very on the level and energetic and mm-hmm. balanced and dedicated yep. to it. Yep, yep, Um Because the other time, whenever she says there better be something in that room I haven't seen before, I always think it's a dismembered moose cock. For whatever <laughs> reason, I always think... Well, it's like you've never, like, like I've been trying every year. You've seen a lot of stuff, <laughs> but this surely I haven't seen this. <laughs> Mr. Big's big book of ideas. A yeah. lot of those pa- pages are populated by uh, money making schemes, mm-hmm. coloured by the fact that he's, you know, he's, he seems to be in Wall Street somewhere. He's a yeah, he's a man of uh, the business world. Yeah, I mean, what did you see on those? You watched the movie this time. What did you see fly at you from those pages? You know what I was surprised to see, and it, it makes sense because of an earlier scene, uh, a design for couch shoes. These are <laughs> shoes that you can wear on the couch. They <laughs> you mean like slippers? They're, but they're shoes. They're, they're shoes designed to look like slippers. So the idea is, I mean, the one here's the one drawback. The one drawback is... When you're out in the world, people think you're wearing slippers. <laughs> right. But, but you're wearing shoes. You're wearing hard shoes you that you wear to work. You okay. Explain it to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, here's the thing. It's not, uh, there's, it, it's, it's still in beta, but the, the idea is that, <laughs> you know, of course, when you're out and about just in the world, people are like, are you wearing your slippers we've out got, we've and, got the pitch meeting yeah today. like you can't wear <laughs> slippers it's very important it's like i know they look like slippers but they're couch shoes <laughs> oh now people are intrigued right this is where it pays off but then when your nagging wife is telling you you can't wear your shoes on the couch which it's what we all want to do you know when i come in after a hard day at work and, uh, you know, some people are like, take off your shoes. And I'm like, they're my shoes and I'll leave them on when I want to. And to me, I love having shoes on and I love laying on the couch. I wish I could do them both together, but it's frowned upon. Now with uh, couch shoes, I have shoes that no one will ever know aren't slippers and I can wear them <laughs> on any couch I want. <laughs> so you are putting up with... <laughs> Like a whole lot of inconvenience and questions out on the street for the creature comfort of secretly knowing you're wearing shoes it's, it's on most, a couch at home. It, look, it's the most decadent thing there is. <laughs> to wear your shoes on the couch? Oh. I love it. It's like ancient Rome. It's great. 100% so. Yeah. I'll give you $50,000 for 10% of the company. <laughs> My name is Theo Pafetius, and I will give you $25,000 for 5% of the company. Dun-dun! It's just a shark thing. It's uh, the British version is called uh, Dragon's Den. Dragon's Den. Den. Yeah. yeah. Which I or think as they call it, before. Dragon's Den. 
<laughs> Stupid British beam Dragonstone. <laughs> throwing the insult far and wide. Oh, this he's week. in the Dragonstone. No. <laughs> uh oh, he's gonna get hot in the fire pit in the Dragonstone. He's gonna be pile bones <laughs> with a helmet on. Oh, that metal armor you're wearing is gonna get mighty hot if you go too close to that dragon. You're gonna burn some skin off. Um, <laughs> Find out if he survived next week on <laughs> British Dragon's Den. Literal Dragon's Den. <laughs> I feel like we're probably heading towards a natural conclusion of the episode. I, I feel like we're just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then, I guess, at this point, I would like to reiterate, Paul F. Tompkins, mm. you're an absolute legend for letting us into your house. It's I, my pleasure. I feel like some sort of tiny wooden horse that I've had uh, <laughs> an inside of, left myself at the gate. You've invited us. A in. tiny wooden horse, not <laughs> yeah. a great big wooden nope, horse. Nope, little one. It's an old. It's a new twist on an old thing. <laughs> sure. And uh, thank you very much. Thank and you guys. It was a pleasure to have you. This was very fun for me. This was good, right? Yeah. I mean, apart from watching the film, of course. Yes. Yeah. Even that, and I, and so the listeners know, my challenge to myself was to not speak oh, yeah, during the movie. That. Yeah. I was going to watch it like a movie. I wanted to see how far I could get. I couldn't get very far. You, you got did, no, really you did good. Far. A third of the way through, maybe? A little. Oh, but they didn't. Usually, Guy and I are bloody gas bagging through this whole yeah. thing at this it point. Was, and what was, yeah, it, that changed the context of watching it for us also because it's bad it, for you guys. Because it was, it was good. Yeah, it was, it was interesting because we were forced. It was like, you know, the energy in the like room lent to, to us actually investing in the, in the movie and not distracting ourselves with, with but Wiffle then, Waffle. But yeah. once I saw how little time had passed, I was like, <laughs> We just got to talk. Fuck <laughs> this. Yeah, this is really hard. Yeah. Because really there's hard. like, and you could, yeah, there's a lot of, I was getting a lot of pent up sort of edgy energy. I was doing some tapping. I noticed that. <laughs> tapping I and whatnot. <laughs> it was so weird. It was weird. That was really weird to be watching it with you guys because you both had moments like that where you were, there was like heavy sighing and there was like, you were, I think, cradling your head at one point while you were watching it. I was it hoping him. you didn't notice that. Yeah, it was very, it, I, my heart really went out for you. And I realized, wow, these guys really have watched this that many times. We, uh, we did. And I can't imagine. And Amiga, 21 more. We, uh, we recorded an episode of Spontanea Nation, which is your podcast, which I always feel like I'm pronouncing incorrectly. Am no, I adding you a syllable? No, you're, you're, no. you're saying it right. You'll okay. almost definitely be spelling it wrong. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and uh, you've, the, the episode will be coming out later in the year in about December. December right? 14th. Um, but you were very sweet on there, and you you. You know, all jokes aside, we did our nice uh, story, and it was a beautiful thing, and I felt like we hit some really good stuff in there, and it was it was fabulous. Being it was a lot there. of fun. It's very silly. But then, yeah, at the end, you were kind of like, "Listen, guys, really, you pull honestly, us, you pulled us aside. All jokes aside, I'm worried about so you. Look, like, you look, need to kind of. I like to joke and up. kid around as much <laughs> as the next guy. But I, I told, I told the fellas, you mustn't do this again. You know what it felt like? It felt like being Werner Herzog at the end of Grizzly Man. When that woman has the the recording oh my God, of yes. Timothy Treadwell's final moments as he's being torn apart by a bear, and he's saying, "You must never listen to this." Me saying to you guys, "Life is very short, and you cannot spend another year watching a terrible movie together." If you don't understand that reference, do some googling. That is visceral and hilarious. <laughs> Good God! Well, once again, um, what what are the? Let's do what you do. Where can we find John Lyon? We usually uh, if you're listening wow. to this, you probably have found him. That's true. You never know. You the never Venn know. The diagram of people who know about us and not you is, I'd say, <laughs> not huge. I'll go for that slice. <laughs> I, I want to bring that <laughs> yeah, slice well, on board. It's all yours. Uh, P.F. Tompkins on Twitter, uh, T-O-M-P-K-I-N-S. 
uh, and uh, uh, um, Paul F. Tompkins on Tumblr. Uh, and you can find live dates there and stuff like that. And I have a, sp- a podcast called Spontaneous Nation on Earwolf. comes out every Monday. You've got a bunch. Because I've got Super Ego. Super Ego, yes, which comes out sporadically. <laughs> it's very good, though. Get I love that. Super Ego, yeah. And you can get all the back episodes of Paul's stuff as well on Howl, which is this fantastic new appy, platformy, product Yeah, it's sort of thing. like an, almost like a Netflix-y kind of thing for podcasts, but there's there's uh, all the old comedy bang-bangs from, from longer ago than six months ago are on there. I mean, that's a, a vast catalog that's worth... I think it's like five bucks. You have access to all that stuff. Just That's like kind of nothing. Mm. And uh, and there's an original Super Ego series on there. You can only get there called Forgotten Classics. Oh, cool. Where uh, me and the guys at Super Ego take a classic work of literature that none of us have ever read, and we <laughs> improvise what we think it is about. Yeah, I think. Maybe, anyway, it's not important. I think I heard Matt maybe was telling us about that idea. I bet he we was. Here. Did you read the first sentence and the last sentence? We get the first sentence, the last sentence, and the list of characters. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, and there's also on how you, you, we find out, and like there's bonus episodes where we actually read what the synopsis is the, of the plot and find out how close all, we yeah, got. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's Excellent. awesome. Uh, Guy Montgomery. Yeah. Throw some <laughs> things out. And bear in mind that this will probably be on after we do our gig at Oh, okay. And can I just say? You did an awesome job on Thank stage, you. man. You I'm so a, good. You know what? I'm a classic dude. Uh, if you are listening to this, then please come along. I'm doing a double feature in Wellington with Joseph Moore at VK's. If you're in Wellington, New Zealand, uh, we're doing it. Oh, I don't have the dates, but it's in October. It's all online. Um, it's gonna around. be. It's gonna be. It's gonna Google be. Around. It's gonna be a lot of laughter, a lot of kissing, a lot of handshakes, a lot of love. Uh, so yeah, get on that. Otherwise. Um, I will tweet it out. Just at, keep just keep doing exactly what you're doing right now. Don't stop. Get guy, in the loop. Guy underscore Mont. Yeah. Guy underscore Mont. And I am Tim underscore Bat with two Ts. You're, you're more than that. You're more than an online profile. Tim. Thank you so much. Bro. You're a well-rounded human being. Sweet of you to say. With thoughts and experiences. Well, that's us for another viewing of uh, Sex in the City 2. And we will catch you next time which will be the one before the LA Podfest one, which happened yesterday. Figure that out. <laughs> Until then. What? Hashtag decal, decal your niquab. Dequel your niquab. Uh, and if you want to look up Dequel Jackson as well, I don't know what he's doing for a living anymore. Probably working in an extras sort of acting studio with Con Barrel. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> Stop listening. For the love of God, would you turn your goddamn electronic device off and go talk to someone? Say goodbye, Paul. Bye, Paul. Good one, Dad. The the worst. And thus concludes our fabulous two-parter with Paul F. Tompkins. We would now like to retire from show business on top. (laughs) That's right. Undefeated. I wish that episode would never end. Um, Another shout-out to (laughs) Paul F. Tompkins. You should listen and subscribe to his podcast, Spontaneous Nation. Try and spell it. I dare you. Or work through his back catalogue of the Pod F. Tompcast. Just Um, follow him. Follow him around. Whatever he does, sniff it out. Find them and follow them. In real life. Thanks again to our sponsor for this episode, Big Pipe. They are an internet service provider in New Zealand. If you're not in New Zealand, suffering your dicks. Yeah, stop listening now. If you're not in New Zealand, shut up, because we're going to talk about private New Zealand stuff. All right, guys, what are we going to do about the rugby world? We need to win this thing, all right? We need to come up with a plan ASAP. I mean, I know that we can pretty much trust our guys to bring it home, but I don't want to take any risks. Sorry to interrupt your rugby chat, Guy, but let me just mention that Big Pipe 
have no contracts, no throttling, great online support, and if you sign up with the code WORSTIDEA at bigpipe.co.nz, uh, they'll give you a month free to, to test the waters. Bring your own modem and uh, broadband not available everywhere. I think those are the things I have Carry to say. a modem at all times. I do. You know I do. That's how they keep it so cheap. I'm going to go and round up a team of lacrosse players to, 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 um, to learn how to play lacrosse. We're still in an airport, by the way. <laughs> okay. Guy's going to get some sleep now, and uh, I think the next episode might be the LA Podfest one. Or so it might not. If, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure. We might chuck one in between then. Um, we had to wait a while before we released it, so we're just grabbing the file for that now. We'll get it up. If you want to see the video stream for that, uh, Google LA Podfest. I think it's lapodcastfestival.com. Is that right, Guy? Yes. And then go to the video section, and you can buy the ticket um, with the code WORST, and it'll get you five bucks off. So I think it's $20 And then you US. can not only watch us you know, talking with a visual accompaniment, but also uh, my brother, my brother, and me. And Paul S- F. Tompkins falling off a stage during That's the right. intro of Spontaneous Nation featuring reviews and you daily. Get, you'll get Mark Marin. You'll get... Probably Pat, Pat science. Oswald. Yeah, he's he's he was all over the place. Look, it's going to be a lot of fun. Just stop listening. It's for fuck's sake. It's the worst idea of all time. It's the worst idea of all time. It's the worst idea of all time. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.